This is Winning Slowly, taking a long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art. Because doing good work takes time, sometimes a lot of time, sometimes the time between seasons, which is sometimes longer than you think because you get sick. A lot of sick. A lot of sick. <laughs> I'm Chris Kreitcho. And I'm Stephen Caradini. And we're so glad to be back. It's been, as you have been patiently waiting and knowing, it has been way too long. And so... We are glad to be back. We are not fading off into the distance. We were just held up by, you know, lots of things. Wild horses almost dragged us away, et cetera. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we both got sick, and then there were work stuff, and then there was house stuff, and it's just it's not worth your time. But we've been longing to get back to this as much as you've been longing to hear it. Being a grown-up, it turns out, is a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So without further ado, let's talk about season six. Yay! You're going to call us all Luddites this season. That's and right. You're basically going to be right, as we'll explain in the rest of this episode. That's but not the way you might think <laughs> no. from what I just said. That's right. So this season, we're going to do a podcast about technology telling you why you should reject technology. All of it. No more clothing, no more fire, no more houses. That's that's part of the basis for why we need to have a clear thinking <laughs> pattern about technology. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about rejecting technology, and that's been the sort of season title that Chris and I have been applying for our discussion about this. And we're not obviously, obviously we are not saying all technology should be disappeared, Uh from the basic level that Chris was mentioning, even to the technology that is allowing Chris and I to do this while he's in Colorado <laughs> and I'm in Arizona. But what we are interested in is the concept of being able as a person or a community or a state or a nation or a non-governmental organization or a nonprofit, any sort of organization, what allows an organization or a person to say no to certain things? That's what we're interested in for the whole season. We want to know when can you say no, how can you say no effectively, and how can that saying no to certain types of technology have a positive or negative effect in the world as we know it. Now, we're going to be focused mostly on the positive effects of saying no to certain types of technologies, but there are always negative effects of saying no to technologies. There's always negative effects of saying no to anything. One of the things that we're going to try to do this season is build on the ideas that we've been working out out loud, as it were, whether you want to call that thinking out loud or arguing with each other or however, however you want to describe that. Over the last six seasons, starting back all the way in our beta season zero, we're not going to spend time necessarily on some of the topics you might think, because in a lot of cases, we've covered them and covered them in quite a few different ways and different angles. So we'll touch on social media this season because it's really hard to have a conversation about the kinds of things you reject technologically without mentioning the elephant in the room, which is social media right now. But we're going to try to hit a lot of different angles to shed light on this subject, to throw light on it from a bunch of different angles, and we'll redirect you to some of the places we've talked about these things in the past. 
for example, we did an episode where we talked about rejecting Facebook, saying, no, I'm going to get off of Facebook. We've talked about the way that cell phones play out, etc. So sometimes we'll use those things as an intro hook and then take a hard right turn or a hard left turn and go off in a different direction. Our goal here is essentially to say, given the technical and technological milieu in which we find ourselves, how do we thoughtfully, ethically respond and how do we shape our lives? How do we shape our culture? How do we shape our communities through sometimes accepting, but also rejecting technology in careful, measured ways. And what are the ways that it's even possible to reject technology? And where in previous seasons, we've often alluded to some of the more technical writing and academic writing that's been done on this, we're going to be drawing a lot more on those resources this season. You're going to hear us pointing to some interesting blogs a lot. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear us pointing to thinkers like Ivan Illich and Jacques Ellul and many others who've been going after this subject for a long time and whose work we would like to give something of a broader hearing because we think they have interesting and important things to say to us about this world. But don't worry, I will still hold down the dumb jokes part of this podcast. So <laughs> I was about to say, it's still going to be winning slowly, though. We're going to say ridiculous things along the way yes. and have a good time. Yes. This isn't going to turn into an academic lecture. But we're going to be digging on those resources yeah. in no small part because we think we need them. Yeah, I dig it. I told you I would hold it down. I'm holding it down. <laughs> I had to do it. It was it was proof of concept. <laughs> so without further ado, here is the the first episode of that idea. Here's what we're going to be doing. And so we're going to be focusing on the Luddites. And this is particularly important because, one, the Luddites are a bit of a historical misnomer. Uh, mm -hmm. They are sort of misappropriated at various times. But they also, the real Luddites, the ones that are actually in existence and that we can read about and what they did, <laughs> the actual Luddites have important things to say about the nature of technology. So to start off with, if you're not familiar with the term Luddite, it's usually cast about at a person who is willfully not involved in new technology, dislikes technology because it is technology. So sort of a tautological dislike of new things um, or more specifically computers and other associated stuff. Uh, that's where it is usually cast at. Uh, if you are being accused of being a Luddite, you probably have said something like, I wish we didn't have cell phones anymore. <laughs> you it, it Luddite. It sort of has this standard image of someone sticking their head in the sand and resisting change. And there are a lot of things bound up in that, and we'll cover a lot of them. But I want to throw out some headliner notions that are worth calling out as basic assumptions. One of them is that change is always progressive, that new is always better, that resisting a change, a technological shift, inherently has to do with you being sort of backwards looking or tethered to the past in unhealthy ways. As as we'll see, as we look at the Luddites, that wasn't necessarily actually even true of the Luddites. And we think it's also worth saying 
those assumptions don't necessarily hold for people who might be thoughtfully rejecting particular new technologies in particular ways today. Yeah. So where we're going to be drawing our basic ideas from in terms of where this episode got started is from a blog post on Librarian Shipwreck, which we will link in the show notes, where the author of Librarian Shipwreck goes through and explains what the historical actual Luddites did and do. <laughs> so there were some people who were led by a person named Ned Ludd who wanted to destroy machines in a particular point in European history. They were particularly against the development of certain type of machines that were intended to devalue or eliminate the work that these craftspeople were doing. These machines were intended to autonomize things, they were intended to decrease costs, and they were intended ultimately to get workers to be more subservient to the ownership in particular ways that the ownership wanted to influence labor policy. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> the robots are coming. The robots are coming. So uh, along those lines, there were people who broke machines. There were people who destroyed machines and said, we don't want these machines to exist. That's a thing that happened. However, the nature of their destroying of the machines was not specifically that they resisted the idea of progress, as Chris mentioned, nor was it specifically that they resisted the concept of machines, which is another way that Ludditeism is thrown around. It's that mm -hmm. these very specific machines that were going to be used against them in certain ways, either to take their jobs or to change their labor conditions – they did not want those machines to do those things. They wanted to earn a living wage. They wanted to do the work that they were doing, and they did not want machines to eliminate their jobs or eliminate the conditions of the jobs that they liked. This does not seem entirely unrealistic. It doesn't seem like a terribly irrational set of desires. I mean, it might even be justified in some right. limited senses, especially if, as has happened with the history of machines in other situations, not particularly this situation uh, that I remember, but maybe in this situation as well, machines were not even really used as a productivity uh, device, but they were used specifically as a union-busting sort of object in that in some cases in the early 1900s, employing machines actually made worse product at a slower rate, but they were cheaper. And so machines were put in not for the good of the product or the good of the consumer, but to bust up labor relationships and change right. the, the sorts of parameters that go on with labor. So not even that machines could have made things better. It's that in the course of history, machines have been used in multiple ways in terms of relationship to work. Right. A couple other things that are worth noting about the history of this. If you hear overtones of things you recognize from the writings of people like Karl Marx here, the relationship between labor and ownership and capital, that's not because Stephen and I have suddenly become radical leftists. It's because what Luddism what? and the things going on around it 
were what were current and recent in memory as things like Marxism developed in the mid-19th century. It's because these kinds of concerns about the relationship and the balance of power between the people with the capital and the people doing the labor on the ground and people no longer owning their their own work, but being merely tools of factory owners, et cetera. These were the things that were current. These were the things that were driving many of these considerations. And whether you end up where Marx did or not, the, the reality to remember is that the early 19th century was a period of massive turmoil culturally and socially as a result of dramatic shifts induced by the advent of new technologies, which, as Stephen said, may or may not have actually been better, may or may not have actually had the sort of inherent progressiveness of new technology being awesome, but did allow for certain people to massively gain wealth, etc., often at the expense of whoever the people were making those kinds of things before. Now, you can look at this and you can say, well, yeah, that was just kind of inevitable. That's how it goes. But the other thing that's worth calling out here in terms of historical notes is that the Luddites were not this band of people who hated technology and popular opinion was against them. It was actually kind of a populist movement that was put down by force. That it was not the kind of thing that just happened to die away because the rest of the world obviously saw what was better and moved on. It was political action and indeed at times military action that ultimately put this movement to rest. As a quote from the article that I will read to you briefly here says, The turn to machine breaking, the tactic for which they are remembered, was not a spontaneous affair but came only after the workers' appeals to Parliament to protect their honorable craft were ignored. The Luddites took up arms, but they did so with the support of their communities, and they rose up out of a sense that they were protecting rights that had been established by custom and law. So that's a very different picture of somebody being like, machines are dumb. <laughs> because it wasn't just that. It wasn't someone just saying, screw this, I'm going to go around and break people's cell phones because they're bad. It was a community-wide and communal kind of response. No, not everyone was on the same page. There was massive disagreement about this then as now. The point is that when we paint people as Luddites then and now, we're doing something and we're sneaking in that list of values that I mentioned at the beginning and list of assumptions that I mentioned at the beginning. And, well, turns out that some of those values and ideas and things might be wrong. Sometimes new technology is good and sometimes it isn't. Sometimes the, the costs of new technology are indeed pernicious and destructive and the net gains do not outweigh the net losses. And... If we're not willing to make those kinds of distinctions, if we're not willing to play the Luddite in the real sense of what the Luddites did, not that we have to necessarily even agree with them about the specifics, though I'm pretty sympathetic. Or in their intense zeal, which right. resulted in military action. So you do right. not have to be interested in taking up arms against technology. <laughs> As we are not. We're, we're not particularly trying to foment a revolution that gets put down by force here. 
We're not any version, <laughs> not even particularly, no. just no. not. But if we're unwilling ever to play that kind of role, ever as communities to say, no, this thing is bad for us and we want no part of it, then we end up letting whoever is smuggling those assumptions in by their name calling just set the terms of the day. And, well, I'm not up for that. <laughs> I think yeah. we need to be engaged with the kinds of things we choose as communities and the kinds of things we set aside as communities to engage with the kind of technique, as Alul will put it, as we will come back to in later episodes. Living in a culture of technique affects us in really profound and important ways. And if we're unwilling to sometimes think about at a minimum and yet further try to break down that culture of technique, we will just become slaves to it. And that's, again, not something I'm up for. And so we are part of a culture, obviously. And so this sort of thinking that we've been doing is part of the larger conversation about Silicon Valley and whether it is the don't be evil culture that it said <laughs> that it wanted to be and the sort of turn against these benevolent expectations of various organizations that we now know are collecting our data and using it in ways that we may not want them to use, be that a government or a company or even individual people. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of this in the air of like, hey, whoa, that's not cool, man. That's not what we signed up for. And so what we want to do here in this season is to look at some of these ways that there are existing or technologies that are just on the horizon, look at some of these and say, what do we do here? How do we respond to this? And some of these things we're going to be jumping on, everyone has an opinion on. And that's great. <laughs> we're going to be jumping into the fray. Some of these technologies are pretty far out in terms of chronology they may not be arriving for a while as well as they're just sort of weird they're on the fringes of technology at the moment but as we know with technology people who are pro-technology who are building technologies are often blindly charging into the future of technologies because it's possible and that's what exploration and discovery is is just going there because it's there we are hoping and going to be doing some work to challenge that sort of blind rush into the future. A little preview. You might enjoy hearing some of the things we're currently planning to touch on this season. Beer. What's up, beer? <laughs> Star Trek. Nuclear weapons. Smart cities. Gene editing. We might do something that reminds you of what we did with Alan Jacobs' 79 Theses a few years ago. Christian ethics and technology, Silicon Valley startup culture. We're going all over the place here. Beer, though. We're going to talk about beer. It's true. <laughs> I'm so excited. But gonna, <laughs> you're going to have to hold on because that one comes pretty late in the season. But it's going to be the funniest episode I think we've ever done. And the reason we want to hit that wide array of things and why, as I said at the outset of the episode, one more talk about Facebook isn't really on the list 
is because even though in some ways things like smartphones and Facebook are among the most pressing concerns, it seems to us that A, they get most of the attention and B, that the ways that we think about those will sometimes be best informed not by looking directly at them, but by looking at these broader questions and looking at the the questions here from many angles, as I said at the beginning, so that thinking about gene editing gives us a perspective on, quote unquote, technology that isn't what necessarily always gets thrown around when the word technology gets thrown around. Because as another librarian shipwreck article that we'll link in the show notes pointed out, it's important to remember that when we say technology, we almost always end up meaning the internet. But the reality is <laughs> technology is a lot of things. Technology is, yes, the internet and the internet intersecting with everything from tractors to refrigerators to, yes, Facebook. But technology is also things like replacement hips and gene editing. It's things like craft brewing being viable. It's things like you know, self-driving trucks. It's things like nuclear weapons. And the ways we approach all of those end up being informed by our overall view of and ability to think critically about and respond critically to as communities, technologies that are much broader and more expansive than just the internet and especially web 2.0 social media. And so what's particularly interesting to us is that over the years that we've been doing this and the, the many seasons that we've been poking at and prodding at the various ways that people go about technology in ethical and unethical ways, we've sort of come at the issue from a lot of different angles and we've sort of done a lot of different formats and a lot of different approaches and this season is one of the first seasons that we've put together – in the time that we've been planning seasons, which sure wasn't season zero. <laughs> what are we but even doing? I don't what know. What are we doing? How about an hour-long podcast? No. <laughs> How about 15 minutes? Too short. Too short. But it's one of the seasons that we've looked at and we've said, this is what we actually wanted to be talking about. This mm -hmm. is where we wanted to go. This does not mean that we're ending the podcast at no. the end of the season. Don't don't worry about that. But this is the the way – that we originally wanted to discuss things and the types of things we wanted to discuss, it took us five-ish <laughs> seasons to get here, to have the language for ourselves, but also for you, the listeners, to have sort of the conceptual framework, to have some of the knowledge filled in. We didn't know about Librarian Shipwreck or <laughs> even Jock Alul for a while. So... All of this stuff that has been percolating over the last five seasons is now coming to bear. So it's not that we are turning away from whatever it was that the last five seasons were. This is the next step. This is the extension. And yes, it does seem kind of negative from the way that we've been framing it <laughs> in this particular episode, how to not like technology. That's not really what we're going for. Just you wait um, for that beer episode. We're all just, about that technology. All about that technology. But what what we're interested in is not just saying no to things, but the spaces that saying no opens. Yep. So saying no to something allows you to say yes to something else. And so 
reframing our ideas of technology not as this inexorable force mm -hmm. that's going to keep moving forward, but as a way to shape what the future of the world looks like. Right. And that's not an exaggeration. That's what we are interested in in this season is what does the future of the world, of societies, look like when we sit down and say, okay, now we're not enamored with technology in this cultural moment. I feel like we've shifted into a cultural moment where we're not as starry-eyed about the, the possibilities of technology anymore. And that's a good thing because it's never good to be uncritical about anything. But it also allows us to step back and say, as people that really like technology, how can we adjust our perspective uh, us being Chris and Steven, as well as our listenership, as well as the whatever organizations you're in, how can we frame technology inside the greater good of this family, this country, the world, whatever it is? Right. That's what we're going for. So it sounds negative, but we're really putting it into a wider framework of here's how to go forward in the world and create the future. Yeah. And I think a way we might reframe, we're going to keep calling it rejecting technology, but a way you might really think about that is that we're rejecting technologism and technological inevitabilism. We're rejecting the idea that any technology that can be invented must be embraced. Instead, we're saying, no, we have the ability as individuals, as families, as communities, as cultures, to reject some technologies for the good that rejecting them has for us as we create the future. Because the future isn't inevitable in the sense that technologists often paint it as. We have a choice. And as we've said for many seasons, to get to Stephen's point that we're getting on things we've built on, we have agency and we must use it. When we were doing the work we did in season five, one of the things we did have in the back of our heads, though we hadn't developed it as we have now, is that agency is a thing we must employ when we're dealing with structures, including technological structures. And we trace that out in a lot of different ways in season five. But those things that we built in season five matter here because we're dealing oftentimes with large structures that go far beyond any individual's ability to affect from social media to the massive amount of DRM running tractors these days and all sorts of other things. There is an agency structure problem there. And therefore, all those things we talked about in season five are applicable here and they matter here. But the most important takeaway of season five was we do have agency, especially as communities, and we're responsible to use that agency to make better structures. Yeah, that's where we're going here, because that doesn't hold any less for these things that are promised as inevitable futures. They're not inevitable. We have agency, and we are responsible to use that agency. Rejecting the inevitable future actually sounds kind of awesome as a title. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rejecting technologism does not sound cool, though. It's, it's I true. I like rejecting I the inevitable future. So there you have it, people. <laughs> we figured out our actual season title on air. There you go. That's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said, some things are the same. Some things are the same. Yeah, you should know that we never pick our uh, episode titles until after the episode is over. And so now we're just extending that to the entire season. <laughs>
<laughs> Tune in next time for us to rename our season. <laughs> but so we're very excited about this upcoming season, and we are not fading away. We are not getting bored with the topic. We're not... To the contrary. To the contrary. We're very excited to be here. We're very happy to have some more stable footing in a lot of different ways to be able to to punch in this direction. So we're stoked, and uh, we're going to be giving you a bunch of episodes in the near future. We're really excited about it. Expect the biweekly schedule. We're not doing this every week. Expect the biweekly schedule, but expect biweekly. We're mm-hmm. going to get it out every two weeks. True that. Thanks to this month's sponsors, who've been sponsors for many months while the show was being planned. Yeah, that's winning slowly right there. Winning slowly right there. That's that's the truth. Our sponsors are the winning slowliest, and we appreciate it. Uh, those those sponsors who are in the mention them out loud every episode are Andrew Fallows and Kurt Klassen. Thanks, gents. You helped buy my microphone. What's Yay! up? What's up? So if you'd like to sponsor the show and get shout-outs like that, really enthusiastic ones... <laughs> You can go to patreon.com slash dollar sign. Wait. Nope. Wait, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. I get so excited about that every time. It's patreon.com slash winning slowly. And then you can also do cash.me slash dollar sign winning slowly. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at winning slowly for the show. I'm there at Chris Kreicho and Steven's there at S. Caradini, which I like to just say Scaradini. Caradini. That's right. That's how I think of myself online. And uh, you can also email at us. You can send it off to hello at winningslowly.org, and uh, we'll, we'll try to respond. It's my job to do that, and like I tend to think that I do it, and then every now and then I'm like, whoa, I didn't do that. <laughs> so keep, keep patience with us. We win slowly. We, yeah. <laughs> sometimes that's very a, slowly. That's a really good defense, but it's kind of lame sometimes. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and we look forward to seeing you and hearing you uh, in the next upcoming months. Often at the expan- expanse. The Expanse. That's a different show. That's a different TV show. It's kind of future. Uh, often at the, what is the word I'm looking for? The Expense, yo. Thank you. Thank you. Expense. It has been that kind of day. <laughs> and as we'll unpack a lot more, and the way that we live in a culture uh, of technique. You, you said the word unpack. I refuse. <laughs> as we will discuss, discuss, elaborate construe as to how it might particularly pertain to our discussions that works i'm with you on that